Welcome everyone. It is 3 p.m. and it's time for the server room show. This is episode 43. And again, I don't have audio on my Twitch stream. Oh, come on, it cannot happen again. And in theory, now I have everything correctly set. Let me see. I don't know why I have this problem lately. Let me see. Let's see the input devices. And now? No, still not. It was lining always. And the lining is selected. Now? No, not yet. Well, it seems again I will have to edit the the audio. Ah, I think here it was wrong. Now? No. Now? Nothing. Well, then uh, I don't know why it's happening again. That uh, under my uh, Twitch, Twitch stream there is uh, no audio again. I don't know what I what I did. Why I... And now it has. It's very strange. Now it has when I switched it to something else. Okay. I don't know why, but hopefully now it's working. So, we wasted 1 minute 36 of trying to set up the audio under the Twitch stream. Today's episode is about uh, OpenBSD. We talked previously about uh, the history of uh, BSD. It was a long three-part uh, episode I did. You can go back and uh, listen to it. It was uh, prepared based on the the with the permission uh, of the notes and presentation made by Dr. Marshall Kirk McCusick. And I uh, briefly talked about FreeBSD, but this time it's uh, it's another uh, avenue which uh, came out eventually uh, from this whole BSD uh, history I, I mentioned uh, previously in that history of BSD episode, the three part one, which is uh, OpenBSD. You know, we actually have FreeBSD, OpenBSD and NetBSD as the big ones. They all went uh, on their separate uh, ways, so to say, to, 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 to create uh, BSD as they uh, see uh, the best fit, how it should uh, continue from those uh, original roots, how how it was originally intended. All three of these um, big distributions, uh, I don't know if I should call them distributions, but all three of them, OpenBSD, FreeBSD and NetBSD, they have a different uh, uh, vision or, or idea in mind how they want to be true to these uh, uh, same BSD roots and how to bring it uh, uh, forward to the future. OpenBSD is a 4.4 based uh, Unix-like operating system built from the ground up to focus its efforts on emphasize portability, standardization, correctness, proactive security and integrated cryptography. 
open ssh for example which many of you uh, probably know and uh, and use is a software uh, popular software which comes from uh, openbsd so why might you want to use uh, openbsd some interesting things to to mention openbsd runs on many different hardware platforms although not uh, as many as uh, netbsd that title definitely goes to netbsd which pretty much runs on the on on a microwave oven as well openbsd is thought of as the most secure unix like operating system by many security professionals as a result of the never ending comprehensive source code audit or audits it is um, true that openbsd uh, emphasizes a lot on uh, on, on security that's one of their main mantra security security and security and therefore they have these as they mentioned these never-ending uh, source code audits so uh, they have uh, let let's say nothing to hide and uh, and they can uh, show and uh, not afraid to show that uh, their source code stands for what uh, what they say it stands for and security is uh, the main pillar of uh, openbsd openbsd uh, just like uh, just like freebsd or netbsd uh, is different from uh, linux as it's a full featured uh, unix like operating system it's available in uh, a source in the binary form at uh, no charge and uh, it's not uh, like with uh, Linux that uh, when you actually uh, say Linux, it's uh, normally meant uh, the kernel itself and uh, all the rest around it, like the utilities and uh, the user land and the software are uh, bits and pieces put around it and that's how it forms uh, Linux distribution as we discussed this in the in the past the the case with uh, the BSD distributions and uh, it's the same with OpenBSD it's a full uh, operating system it is not uh, just the kernel it is not just uh, some part of the operating system you get the full uh, package it comes with uh, all the ins and outs uh, the the kernel part and the and the utilities utilities and the software uh, as well to to explain it even further the people who create the kernel uh, unlike in the case of linux are the same people uh, involved and make sure that the the tools and the, and the applications bits and pieces coming in the full package are working and uh, working as intended and uh, fully compatible uh, with with the whole uh, uh, the whole we can call it distribution uh, the way they uh, ship it so when you download for example openbsd 6.7 release you can be sure that uh, just as much as the the kernel it comes with and the, the rest of the software 
it is uh, meant and intended to work together uh, properly. So there is no you you're not really taking any chances, and with uh, security focus in mind, you can be sure that uh, it is also secure and it doesn't do something it's uh, it's not supposed to or it is not intended to. OpenBSD integrates cutting-edge security technology suitable for building firewalls and private network services in a distributed environment. OpenBSD benefits from strong ongoing development in many areas, offering opportunities to work with emerging technologies and the international community of developers and end-users. OpenBSD attempts to minimize the need for customization and tweaking uh, for the vast majority of users, OpenBSD just works on their hardware for their application. OpenBSD runs on a lot of different architectures, although less than NetBSD does, like I mentioned in the very beginning. It is very well documented and has uh, mailing lists in place for those who want to get in involved uh, deeper or, or, or perhaps they have a question or something. OpenBSD has gone through heavy and continual security auditing to ensure the quality and security of the code. OpenBSD does not support uh, journaling file systems. Instead, uh, they use um, the soft updates feature of the fast file system. Probably the fast file system sounds familiar when we were uh, discussing the history of uh, BSD. OpenBSD comes with uh, packet filter uh, called PF uh, as a short form. Uh, this means that uh, network address translation, queuing and filtering are handled through uh, this packet filter, uh, PFCTL, uh, PF and PFConf configuration file. OpenBSD's default shell is uh, the K shell, uh, KSH, which is based on the public domain corn shell. Shells such as uh, Bash and many others can be added, of course, from uh, packages. One interesting thing that uh, devices are named by driver, not by type, uh, as on, for example, on Linux uh, devices. In other words, uh, for example, there are no ETH0 and ETH1 devices. In uh, it would be. EM0, for example, for an Intel Pro 1000 Ethernet card and BGA0 for a Broadcom uh, BCM57XX uh, or BCM590X Ethernet device. Or, for example, uh, RAL0 RAL for a Rallying wireless device, for example. So it's uh, different from Linux in, in that case. OpenBSD, i386, uh, AMD64 and several other platforms use a two-layer disk partitioning system where the first layer is the FDisk uh, BIOS visible partition and the second is the disk label. Some other operating systems encourage you to customize your kernel for your machine but OpenBSD users are actually encouraged to simply use the standard generic kernel provided and tested by the developers. I want to talk about RC and uh, init because uh, uh, it is interesting and uh, this is also how 
a Unix-based uh, computer operating system is different from uh, these modern Linux uh, systems which uh, use, for example, a systemd. RC is the command script that is invoked by init when the system starts up. It performs system housekeeping uh, chores and starts up system daemons. In Unix-based computer operating systems, init, uh, short for initialization, is the first process started during booting of the computer system. Init is a daemon process that continues running until the system is shut down. It is the direct or indirect ancestor of all other processes and automatically adopts all orphaned processes. Init is started by the kernel during the booting process. A kernel panic will occur if the kernel is unable to start it. Init is the typically uh, assigned process identifier 1. Init is typically assigned process identifier 1. In Unix systems such as uh, System 3 and System 5, the design of init has uh, diverged from the functionality provided by the init in uh, Research Unix and its uh, BSD derivatives. Up until recently, most Linux distributions employed a traditional init that is somewhat compatible with System 5, while some distributions such as uh, Slackware use BSD-style uh, startup scripts and others such as Gen2 have their own customized uh, versions. Since then, uh, several additional init implementations have been created attempting to address design limitations in the traditional versions. These include uh, LaunchD, the service management facility, SystemD, uh, Runit and OpenRC. Additionally, RC is intricately tied to the NetStart script which runs commands and daemons pertaining to the network. RC is also used to execute any rc.d scripts defined in rc.conf.local, the rc.secureLevel, uh, rc.firsttime and rc.local scripts uh, hold commands which are pertinent only to a specific site. All of these startup scripts are controlled to some extent by variables defined in the rc.conf which specify which daemons and services to run. RC is the command script that is invoked by init when the system starts up. It performs system housekeeping chores and starts up system daemons. Additionally, RC is intricately tied to Nestar script, like we said. And I don't know why I copied that paragraph twice. Somehow the last paragraph I copied twice. So, sorry about that. Now, uh, my experience in just a simple uh, virtual machine, uh, the ones who looking at my screen right now, you can see some nice screenshots I edit here. Uh, how is OpenBSD as a desktop operating system uh, for a daily driver? I have to say that if I compare uh, the behavior or uh, how easy it is to uh, quickly be up and running, uh, let's say in this example with a graphical user environment. Uh, if I compare it with uh, FreeBSD, for example, then I would say OpenBSD was uh, even easier. I had to uh, manually uh, run after first logon uh, from the command line uh, seno dm, which uh, 
brought up the logon manager as you can see on on my screen on the screenshot and then I could uh, log in and uh, uh, the virtual network card picked up uh, perfectly the DHCP uh, assigned address and gateway and uh, and even though it's a plain um, FVWM um, window manager uh, it's very plain and simple but uh, functional and thanks to that uh, DHCP worked out of the box and picked up uh, all the all that was required I had the networking out of the box and uh, DNS uh, name resolution as well which means I could uh, ping google.com just as much and just as well as uh, as an IP address uh, on its own and uh, I have to say that uh, this was this was much more simple than uh, I remember on FreeBSD I had to um, play around with a couple of configuration files and uh, install the, the X, uh, X window environment before and I, I, I don't remember exactly the networking part but definitely to have the the graphical user interface up and running I had to spend uh, pretty much uh, more effort and time on it and OpenBSD was uh, was um, out of the box a better experience in uh, in this case I'm not saying that uh, it, it would be a negative point for uh, for FreeBSD absolutely not because I, I like FreeBSD just as much OpenBSD uh, it just uh, it was uh, surprising because I didn't expect OpenBSD to go so smooth so to say I somehow found uh, when I asked people that uh, they had a harder time with OpenBSD compared to FreeBSD or vice versa so I didn't know which one uh, I'm gonna experience and uh, eventually I experienced uh, quite a good uh, first run and uh, just like uh, FreeBSD OpenBSD also uh, uses a ports tree system so you can uh, initialize it uh, and uh, download uh, the the freshest uh, ports tree uh, best word to say and you can install uh, most of the applications you you might need network browser or another window manager or or any any application you 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 desire I really like the ports tree. I, I did mention when I talked about FreeBSD, I, I, I like ports tree a lot. Even though sometimes I had uh, varied success with, uh, with ports and sometimes I had more success installing the same uh, application from the binary package uh, compared to uh, from the ports tree, but uh, as always your mileage might vary and depends on the applications you use. I want to talk about uh, one specific use case uh, which I came across uh, a great article I left the link in the show notes. It's uh, written by Chad Gross and uh, I did reach out to him to clarify uh, some bits and pieces about uh, his article. It's uh, from 2019 
and uh, a couple of things has changed but uh, in its original form this example uh, of use case of OpenBSD uh, coupled with uh, a pair of uh, um, small um, devices like a PC Engine APU and uh, Soacris uh, device which is similar to the PC Engine one to be used uh, in a in a firewall router uh, uh, high availability scenario he he did in his own 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 house so what he did is or was actually he still has it he has these uh, two small uh, appliances one PC Engine one and uh, and another similar one for router one and router two both of them with uh, OpenBSD in a home uh, network scenario and uh, these two routers are set up in a, in a failover uh, mode or scenario with uh, CARP and uh, PFSync he uses uh, the ones who look at my screen uh, or, the, or the people who will look at the show notes uh, it's a pretty self-explanatory uh, diagram he has so the the two routers are, are sharing a, a connection through uh, a simple non-managed switch to towards the internet or towards the ISP router it's uh, undisclosed at this point but uh, both of the routers are getting their uh, WAN uh, IP addresses assigned by DHCP and uh, they have a couple of uh, other uh, interfaces in in place some assigned to the pfsync uh, service and uh, another one which uh, keeps uh, the whole concept uh, up and running is uh, dedicated to the the carp uh, service so to say which uh, keeps the the gateway uh, default gateway uh, IP address and makes sure that it uh, assigns it to the active uh, router so only uh, one of the routers can have it uh, at a time so when uh, one of the routers uh, has to be uh, rebooted uh, the other one can take over its uh, its function in a in a failover scenario he uh, he has this uh, on the on the diagram you can see he can he he has uh, three uh, unmanaged switches uh, this router one router to uh, handing out uh, DHCP addresses from actually the same pool but in a split configuration so router one uh, from the IP range 151 to 250 and router 2 from the range of 100 to 150 those interfaces as I said uh, VR0 and EM0 uh, are the WAN interfaces of router 1 and router 2 uh, getting the IPs uh, via the HCP router 1 and router 2 has a PFSync service running and keeping them uh, in sync so they know about uh, each other's status on VR1 and EM1 interfaces R1 and R2 also has uh, PFLOW service running 
on VR2NDM2 interfaces. So let's uh, quickly uh, talk about CARP and PFSync. Probably you are interested uh, about those uh, more in detail. But I realized that I think uh, some of the text I I pasted here is missing, which was about that uh, this PFLOW service is um, kind of OpenBSD's implementation of NetFlow and um, Chad was telling me that he is using uh, LibreNS uh, I, will, I will put back in the show notes exactly uh, the name of the software he said that he was using to, to visualize, uh, to display uh, this uh, NetFlow uh, how is it going in, the, in his network I will uh, update the show notes because it seems that that last edit was not uh, not properly saved. So CARP and uh, PFSync. CARP is the Common Address Redundancy Protocol. Its primary purpose is to allow multiple hosts on the same network segment to share an IP address. That's what I said that the uh, default gateway uh, address for the given network is uh, shared. CARP is a secure free alternative to the virtual router redundancy protocol, the VRRP, and the hot standby router protocol, HSRP. CARP works by allowing a group of hosts on the same network segment to share an IP address. This group of hosts is referred to as a redundancy group. The redundancy group is assigned an IP address that is shared amongst the group members. Within the group, one host is designated the master and the rest as backups. The master host is the one that currently holds the shared IP. It responds to any traffic or ARP request directed towards it. Each host may belong to more than one redundancy group at a time. One common use for CARP is to create a group of redundant firewalls. The virtual IP that is assigned to the redundancy group is configured, configured on client machines as the default gateway. In the event that the master firewall suffers a failure or it's taken offline, the IP will move to one of the backup firewalls and service will continue unaffected. Exactly the reason and scenario a chat has uh, in his network diagram. Uh, CARP supports IPv4 and IPv6 uh, protocols. The PFSync part is network interface. Uh, the PFSync network interface exposes certain changes made to the uh, PF table, PF state table. By monitoring this device using TCP dump, state table changes can be observed in real time. In addition, the PFSync interface can send these state changes messages out on the network so that other nodes running PF can merge the changes into their own state tables. Likewise, PFSync can also listen on the network for incoming messages. By default, PFSync uh, does not send or receive state table updates on the network. However, updates can still be monitored using TCP dump or other such tools on the local machine. When PFSync is set up to send and receive updates on the network, the default behavior is to multicast updates out on the local network. All updates are sent without authentication. Best common practice is either connect the two nodes that will be exchanging updates back to back using a crossover cable and use that interface as the sync dev or use the ifconfig sync peer option so that updates are unicast directly to the peer then configure ipsec between the hosts to secure the pf sync traffic 
When updates are being sent and received on the network, pfsync packets should be passed in the filter rule set. What I didn't mention about the diagram that uh, he has uh, actually uh, one part of the network uh, because he uses three unmanaged switches. One unmanaged switch takes care of uh, having the uplink from the two one interfaces of router one and router two and taking that traffic uh, out towards the evil internet as he has it on his diagram. Uh, second uh, unmanaged switch between router 1 and router 2 is um, where the pflow uh, traffic also flows and uh, where the 192.168.0.1 network is uh, represented and uh, mostly on this switch on his diagram he has a, a server with a static IP um, hanging uh, from this switch and this uh, network is isolated from a uh, second network which is uh, the 172.16.0.x uh, network which he is uh, sharing to through uh, an access point to his uh, wireless devices on on the diagram uh, you look at it and probably it's uh, much easier to to understand and the way I'm trying to transmit uh, a diagram just with uh, my voice. But uh, it was a great episode to do and I really enjoyed it and I hope you check the show notes and uh, come back next Saturday for the next episode. Thank you very much and uh, take care.